Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Well Church Satterton's podcast. We pray that you enjoy this message and that it creates a well of hope in your life today. I just want to say I was so so blessed and thankful for um, how Kat started the service with Psalm 46 where it says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very ready help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth shakes and the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake and its swelling pride. There is a river whose streams make make the city of God happy, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. It was... I was thankful because this is a message that's been stirring in my heart since a couple weeks ago when we did have a guest speaker in who spoke about the things that are happening around the world and the persecution of the church. And I want to begin the message this morning with what you might see, some headlines that were on the internet, um, different news sites this very week. U.S. Mideast bases hit 50 times in a month, 46 injured. Hostages' families warning America, you are next. Ukraine commander killed by a grenade. U.S. and Russia on the brink of World War III as NATO rips up the Cold War Treaty, preventing total war. And in addition to these couple of of actual headlines, we see and hear of, of tension between China and Taiwan between North Korea and South Korea. And, and we have to wonder what those, the implications of these things might be for us. We hear about the latest COVID variant or the next pandemic that might be coming. We hear about crime and violence in our cities, in our towns, in our schools. And although it doesn't make headlines in the news because it doesn't fit the mainstream agenda, the church is being persecuted around the world. We see that, as we saw just this past week, that that gender confusion and unlimited abortion rights are critical determining factors in our elections today. And so two weeks ago, when we had a guest speaker here who shared about the persecution of believers, I spoke with him after that service, and he said that in many ways, it seems as if we're currently living out what Jesus said in Matthew 24 when he would ask what the signs of the last days before his return would be. Matthew 24, 1 through 27 says, As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things happen and what will be the sign of your coming And, and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said, See to it that no one misleads you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will mislead many people. Now, it's, it's important, before we continue in what Jesus said, I think it's important that we, that we say again that the deception that Jesus says is that people will say, he says, Jesus says that I am the Christ. They will say that Jesus is the Christ, but those who mislead many and say that Jesus is the Christ, say that if Jesus were here today, he would embrace the immorality and the lawlessness of our culture. 
That's perhaps the, the greatest deception of our time. That Jesus changed and now embraces sin. Jesus continues describing the days before He returns, saying, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See to it that you're not alarmed, for these things must take place. He says these must take place. But it's not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And I, I know I've said it before, but I think it's important that we, that we recognize that the word nation in this context is the Greek word ethnos. It's the word that we get the English word ethnic from. So these nation against nation conflicts aren't the kingdom against kingdom conflicts, but they're the, the racial, tribal, and internal conflicts that are rising around the world and in this country. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places, but all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains. Then they will say, they will hand you over to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. And at that time, many will fall away, and they will betray one another and hate one another, and many false prophets will rise and mislead many people. And because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will become cold. But the one who endures to the end is the one who will be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which is spoken of through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains, and whoever is on a housetop must go down to get things out of the house, and whoever is in the field must not turn back to get his cloak. But woe to those women who are pregnant and those who are nursing and babies in those days. Moreover, pray that when you flee, it will not be winter or the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation, such as not occurred since the beginning of the world until now or ever will again. And, in, and if those days had not been cut short, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elected, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, behold, Here's the Christ, or he is over there. Do not believe him, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and will provide great signs and wonders so as to be misled, if possible, so that they could mislead, if possible, even the elect. Behold, I've told you in advance. So if they say, behold, he is in the wilderness, do not go out, or behold, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe them. For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes as far as the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. And these things that, that he speaks of here, <clears throat> we need to understand that some of them have already occurred. Some of them are occurring and some of them are still to come. But remember, Jesus says these things must take place. And in addition to what he says here in, in John 15, 18 to 21, Jesus says, if the world hates you, know that it hated me first. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you as well. If they followed my word, they will follow yours also. 
But all these things they will do to you on account of my name because they do not know the one who sent me. And 2 Timothy, when Paul was writing to, to Timothy to, to prepare him for his ministry, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 4 says, but realize this, in the last days, difficult times will come. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, slanderers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And in 2 Timothy 4, 3-4, he says, the time will come when they will not tolerate sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and will turn aside to myths. Misled by false Christs and false prophets, wars and rumors of wars, tribulation, persecution, hated for the name of Christ, lovers of self, haters of good, not tolerant to sound doctrine. Surely the world's headlines And the condition of our society and culture do seem to line up with what Jesus says and with what scriptures say about the days before his return. These headlines, they reflect the world's view or the world's perspective of these current events. And we aren't supposed to think only from the world's view. Some of the headlines that reflect heaven's perspective. One of my favorites is in Isaiah 6, 1 through 3, and it says, In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim were standing with him, each having six wings, and with two each covered his face, and with two each covered his feet, and with two each flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of the armies. The whole earth is full of His glory. And you see, from heaven's perspective, regardless of the circumstances or the situations on earth, regardless of how bad things look, the glory of the Lord is seen as covering the whole earth. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, a very familiar verse says, We walk by faith, not by sight. And it's important, we do need to see from heaven's perspective and we need to walk according to what we see and believe in the heavenly realm. But just because we walk by faith and not sight doesn't mean that we should ignore what we see or pretend that it's not real. The things that are happening around the world and here in our own country are very real and they do affect us. I think too often the church tends to have this this mindset. We tend to to view and, and handle many things as though they're either or. Either we believe this or we believe that. We take one side or the other and we come divided over our opinions and that's not good for the body. We tend to either believe what the world says about that we can expect the coming tribulation and persecution and then we should accept it. Because we expect it, we should accept it. 
or we believe that Jesus promises an abundant life and that we're to bring the kingdom of heaven, the realities of the kingdom of heaven, into the circumstances of earth. The truth is that these two are not mutually exclusive. Much of what we deal with in the world is, is truly a paradox of what Scripture says. It's not either or. Instead, it's and too. Many people see the contradictions that, that are in Scripture as contradictions, but actually they're opposite sides of the truth. The truth is there is chaos. There's tribulation and persecution in the world. The truth is there's sickness and death because we live in a fallen world. The truth is we're guaranteed peace and protection in and victory over the chaos and tribulation. We've been given healing through the finished work of the cross. The prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, reflects the paradox of our time. The truth is it's currently not the same on earth as it is in heaven. But that doesn't mean that the realities of heaven cannot and should not impact the situations and circumstances on earth. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be part of that happening. Jesus says that we have the kingdom of God within us. So here's a few headlines from God's word that can help us to continue to maintain and to see heaven's perspective. John 16, 33, Jesus says, These things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I've overcome the world. Remember, Jesus says these things must take place. So it's going to come. It's going to be there. But he's already overcome every tribulation and every difficulty we face. In John 14, 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives you, do I give you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or fearful. The world can't give us peace. Jesus gives us peace. Cat, during the worship, quoted one of the most important. John 19.30, when Jesus was on the cross, he said, It is finished. He has already done all that needs to be do, done to overcome every problem we face. It's already finished in heaven. You know, remember a few months back when we, when we read through and studied the book of Revelation, we need to remember that it's not the revelation of evil or of the Antichrist. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings that we see in the end. Revelation 1.8 says, I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God Almighty, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. That's who's being revealed to the world in the end and even now. The Alpha and Omega. The apocalypse is not the end. Instead, it's the revelation or the disclosure of what's to come. It's not the end of this world. It's the beginning of a new and better one. In Matthew 5, 
14 to 16, Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You know, since from heaven's perspective, the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, then a question we need to ask ourselves is whether the world is really getting darker or have we just allowed our light to be hidden by the culture, canceled by the cancel culture? You know, and even if the world truly is getting darker, and it may be, we need even more than to shine our light before people in such a way that they may see the good works and glorify the Father who's in heaven. You know, the world, Jesus says, might not love us if we shine the light and if we speak the truth, but God will be glorified. We talk a lot about worship and the, the, how we value the presence of God. And Matt started a, a series last week of messages centered on worship. And I encourage you, if you missed it, or even if you were here, to go back and listen to it on the podcast. Worship is vital to shaping and maintaining our right perspective. Because worship can open a portal into the heavenly realm. And it allows us to see from heaven's perspective and to hear what God is saying. And we can also hear from heaven's perspective by meditating on his word. And through prayer. We need to remember, though, in prayer that it's a privileged conversation that we have with God. And as with any conversation, we need to listen at least as much as we speak. You know the old saying, we have two ears and one mouth because listening is twice as important as hearing. Could it be that, that perhaps at times when it seems that our prayers aren't being answered, that it might be because we haven't listened to what God is saying? We haven't listened to the answer he's giving. You know, God's answer for us can be yes. It can be no. It can be not now. Or many times his answer is, I have something better. But when we're too busy talking and not listening, we don't hear his answer. Remember, regardless of what we see, no matter what the chaos in the world is, in the world we'll have tribulation, but Jesus has overcome every difficulty we face. It's already finished in heaven. We may not see it here, but it's finished. So as we close today, I want to leave you with a, a declaration from Romans 8, 31 through 39. It says, What then shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring charges against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, but rather was raised and who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. 
Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or trouble or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Just as it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We were regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. I'd like you to stand. And we're going to repeat the last part of that together. I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels... I am neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities nor things present nor things to come. Present nor things to come. Nor powers nor height nor depth. Nor any other created thing will be able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So if anyone desires to have prayer time or response to, to the word and to, or the worship today, the prayer room's open. Otherwise, go and walk convinced of his love. During worship time, I saw something, so I just wanted to share it with you. I kind of saw a light going around, and I thought, what's that word? So what he spoke to me is that um, when we enter into that kind of worship, when we're really connected in that kind of worship, that we're like a lighthouse, that it, the light is going out, and in the spiritual realm, that that those notes and those um proclamations are going out and, to, and opening doors for those who are seeking, that they will see a light and that they will open a door for them to know Christ Jesus as their Savior. So we're not just worshiping for ourselves and having a connection with our Father, but we're literally changing what's happening in the universe while we're, while we're doing that. So Thanks for taking the time to listen. We're glad that what the Lord is doing among us encourages you. For more info about the church, follow us on Facebook or connect with us on Instagram. Visit dwellatthewell.com or come out and see us on a Sunday morning, 228 Ridge Avenue, Southerton, Pennsylvania. Well, in the valley of my weeping, I'm digging a well.